And good afternoon to this gorgeous Friday. Uh, it's Friday. Well, it's gorgeous, really. It's raining outside, but for, in my mind, it is a wonderful Friday. And thank you for joining us. Today, unfortunately, Simon cannot be with us. He is in the UK or travelling back from the UK. But we do have three interesting guests in the studio, all looking either very nervous or very confident. <laughs> I haven't decided which. We have Claire Harrison, we have Justin Carty and Jason Cooper. Welcome, guys. How's everybody? Oh, good. good. Great. Yeah. Great. Well, do you know, who's been on... You've been here I've before. I've been here before. You've been well, here before. Stephen was here, I think. Yes, yes. No, Stephen was there. You're, sit- you're sitting in my chair today. Oh, that's right. I feel quite <laughs> privileged, actually, because <laughs> I always see the pictures and you're always sitting here, so it's yeah. good to be in your chair for a change. You like the crown, isn't it? I do, yeah. yeah. Is, uh, maybe yeah. I'll start interviewing people. Well, maybe that's, I'll start interviewing that's, you. That's, that's it. And Claire, have you been on radio before? I've been on radio before once. When, when I was in school so we were um, in the mental health public speaking championships for the All-Irelands and um, now that's going back about 13 years ago so showing my age but um, yeah so once long time ago we're just laughing about talking about years gone by like like over 20 years ago I was a bus conductor so oh, really? that's, that's showing <laughs> my age we were talking about that and uh, you've been on radio a few times as well I have you? yeah no, I've been very lucky to be on radio quite a few times and it's in the family and my brother is Colm Hayes, who's on Radio Nova. I, so. I, I, yes, oh, really? I, uh, yeah. Wow. Yes, you claim to fame. That's <laughs> it. That's as good as it gets. In, in the shadows. <laughs> very, very big shadow that I have to really shadows. work with inside. In that as well. Well, look, thanks for all coming. Uh, you are all experts in your own field. You are all consultants as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, you would be in sales consultancy, we've yeah. IT consultancy, mm-hmm. and self-development consultancy. Would that be right? Yeah, I suppose yeah. self-development, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So a question I want to ask is, all is, why did you get into where you are at the moment? Jason, I'll start with you. Um, well, I've been into sales and marketing for over 20 years now uh, in the UK and came over to Ireland in 2003, 2004. Thank you very much and welcome me into the <laughs> Irish family. Um, and um, I've always been into studying how people do what they do. And I've done a lot of study over the last six years in lots of different areas, including mindfulness, uh, behavioral economics. Um, uh, neuroscience is quite recent, the study of how the brain works and how you can uh, talk to the buyer's mind as such, and a, lot, a ton of NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. So, um, the journey begins. The journey is still beginning. It's still learning. And you have to keep on learning. That's the, the key attribute. That's it, yeah. And you have to find new ways to find out how other people work. Because it's all about other people. But it's also about yourself as well. It, it's interesting because we'll touch back on that in mm-hmm. a second. But Claire, yourself as well. Um, how do I get into consultancy? Um, I suppose it was really a thing. I started out in IT probably about five years ago. And when I joined EVAD, it was it was really a thing of, you know, where do you want to be or where do you see yourself? I have a background in theatre. So in terms of, I suppose, interacting with people and interacting with clients, it kind of was a fit of, you know, putting my IT experience and I suppose my theatre experience into one. So it was really being able to, I suppose, being able to talk to people, being able to consult with, with people, you know, on products. Um, so it's basically a thing of I was kind of told this is your role and 
I was either sink or swim and, and luckily I, I swam for, for my life and here I am so almost it's, two years on It's a bit about storytelling really isn't it? It really the is Uniqueness yeah. and telling that story as well which is a Absolutely. crucial part in all our business business. Jason, what about yourself? And you're just back from a holiday as well. You've got real tan. Yeah, you look like very yeah. tan. Do I? Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I was I was in I was in Japan, um, and uh, so I was, I was I was the one person leaving Japan as everybody was going there for uh, for the World Cup. But um, yeah, I suppose um, my my background and why I came to this point was um, you know I was being entrepreneur for twenty years. Um, prior to that, I was in banking in London. Um, I left banking, set up my own business, and then I've kind of built and sold. Um, probably seven or eight um, very successful businesses over that period of time. And each time building upon previous successes, previous, you know, capital striving goals, and um, and then ultimately getting to the point where um, I started to feel that it was relatively vacuous and soulless, and that, that started to come to my mind. But... Um, but then some tragedy struck, so I lost a child uh, seven years ago. And when I lost my son, um, instead of properly connecting into the realities of those emotions, I built another business. Um, and during that period of time, I got struck with anxiety, post-traumatic stress. Um, so I went back to my to my studies in psychology, but really I wanted to find a, an alternative path. So I spent an awful lot of time in, in Eastern mindset, Eastern philosophy, and that's kind of brought me to this point now over the last couple of years. It's interesting um, being instant. Like I'm, I'm master when that would would have been in Wing Chun martial arts, which would be in a North Chinese uh, martial art, and really connecting with myself and and everything around you as well. So I think we all go through a journey in our lives. And the the reason why I asked is all the question was was because. We all talk about sales and we all talk about consultancy and, and we we're, we're talk about life journeys as well that we have. What For myself, what I've realized, all of them don't really matter. Mm-hmm. And really? it's these are all just tools that we all use. But if you want to sort of develop that business or develop yourself, it's discovering the uniqueness of you and who you are. Mm-hmm. And when you discover the uniqueness and you stand into that light, across that Rubicon as mm-hmm. I call it and just be you yeah. everything else in your life changes I totally agree. yeah it's it's really more. even your sales and when you're selling like I'm, I'm trained in sales I've taught sales all over the world I'm you know I teach people marketing all over the world as well but I've I'm coming into my 50s and even now I'm getting that ha-ha moment of going okay it all makes sense yeah. so does it have to happen to us at a later age or can we do we try and share this message with people who are in their 20s so they don't just have to go through all the shit that we've gone through or all the crap that we've had or the anxiety can we is it possible to do that I think we all all have an anchor moment uh, a moment of realisation and I think you need to go through the pain to a certain extent to really understand what it actually means to move forward or to change your life or whatever. I know you can teach a 20-year-old to do something. And I, and I remember some of your questions um, were um, what, what, 
how do young people see things? I think the younger generations want things now. They want instant gratification right now. They want the dopamine hits right now. But they haven't been for the journey. And I think you need to go through the journey to actually start to learn things and start start making a change in your life. So what are the biggest challenges that you would have said that you you would have had in your your life and your business? Um, Open it up to yourself. Um, which you've discussed already, but yeah, I mean, look, you know, ultimately losing losing a child is something that that you you you, you never really contemplates at all, um, and, and when that arrives, everything else, uh, you know, really fades into insignificance. But in the context of the journey and the business, you know, I think ultimately to be successful in business, it's a resilient mindset, and and I agree that you know it's very hard to to necessarily give the the insights that we have in our 40s and 50s to a 20-year-old. But what we can bring them to the point is understanding that life will constantly be dealing you a bad hand. And those who walk away from the table are the ones who can accept that eventually the, the good hand will come. You have to bide your time and wait. And I think the dopamine hits and desire that people have are all things that we need to be bringing into a narrative now with students, with college leavers, with young people in business to make them realize that can't have everything now but you must wait you know and 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 almost to bring in this idea that you know do less to accomplish more don't be so forthright in your desire to keep pushing forward slow it down and listen to your instincts because that's where the truth is mm-hmm. yeah and it's interesting because i remember sitting down with uh, my daughter um at 17 18 or someone in her class had, had there was they had there was a drug overdose or something or someone else and I sort of said you know this is part of growing up there will be casualties Mm -hmm. as you go along some people will make it some people won't make it but that is the process and you have to kind of you know these are the things that happen in life on it what about yourself what what sort of resilience do you put on a daily basis or you know anything that hits you that that you know that you you have to put your best foot forward in, in business in terms would it be in terms of when I really need to kind of pull my weight or in in work or I suppose um you know there there there's always going to be challenges in the workplace and in your personal life and and that's really something that I think I moved to Dublin about nine years ago um and I started college I'm originally from Monaghan and I kind of had to really fight for for everything that I that I have in my life now I was on my own um don't have any family in Dublin and it was really kind of you know there are challenges and you know you might go into one field or one area and think is this for me you know but it's it's really if if you if if you're comfortable in where you are and you have good people back and you feel that you you know that's one thing since I started working for EVAD they're a great company to work for and the growth and and challenges that we've had in the last couple of years we've learned from and you know I, I've I've always struggled with if anything becomes disoriented in my life or anything changes I've always kind of struggled in a sense that I don't like change as such but I've, I'm kind of learning that change can be a really good thing um, obviously I, I actually remember my, my niece she turned 18 on Wednesday and I remember her saying to me when she was 14 she goes I don't know I'm really stressed out in school I don't know where I'm going with my life I don't know what I want to do and I said most people don't you ask you know 40 or 50 year old what are you doing you know a lot of people can't answer that. I think that life kind of, you know, things happen to you in your life that you, that are unexpected. And I think and that's a, that's, that's a great point because mm-hmm. I'm only, you know, I'm only really now knowing. You know, I'm fifty mm-hmm. and. 
two months' time. Happy birthday, by yeah. the way, today. Oh, it was your birthday. Thanks. Trying to keep we'll, it a secret. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to speak to the engineer now about uh, playing a, a birthday no, song. Please, yeah. No, please, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's not as exciting. The older you get, it's not as exciting. Uh, oh, tell, tell us about it, you know. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it is funny because... I'm only really now finding myself. Mm -hmm. I'm probably in my 40s, I probably found myself, and probably in my 60s, but I really now. And remember what, you know, you ask your kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they still say to me, I don't know. I don't know. And ask me when I was 30, what did you want to grow up? And I go, I want to be an adult. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. I totally agree. On it. But yeah, Yeah. it it is a journey that that we're all on, and that's a very good point on it. Mm -hmm. What about yourself? Um, I'm still discovering stuff. That I, I this year my goal was to do a triathlon. I did one in April, so I put myself down for another one. I'm doing another one this Sunday. So I've just been training really hard, and I've been doing a lot of hill running and stuff that I never, I haven't done in years. And swimming, I, I'm an okay swimmer, but I had to relearn how to swim again. So. Um, I'm really looking forward to this Sunday. It's, uh, but it's 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 a mind game, complete and utter mind game. Swimming, business, uh, and exercise, and pushing your own personal boundaries in physical activity is is a mind game because you're constantly playing games in your head and it's overcoming them, just to lift yourself up to the next next stage or to overcome a hill or or to do another twenty more length of the pool or whatever it might be. Or in business, it's to lift yourself up and just push yourself out there and get yourself out there and speak to as many people as you can so you get the uh, gratification and you get credibility and so on and so forth. So there's a balance in that. There's a balance in that, but swimming, and you're a big swimmer as well. Yeah, I've seen. I jumped into pool for the first time in probably about 10 years um, on Monday. I realised I can only take a breath on my right side. Oh, uh, I nearly had a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> you feel like well. you're suffocating. Uh, and and it, I've like my son has, you know, he was with Trojan and swam for Leinster and everything, and he can do four thousand meters. Wow! And oh I'm in the pool, and I'm just I'm towards the end of the first Lent. I'm flapping around like a lost beach ball in the water. And uh, yeah, it's stamina. It's actually stamina, and it made me realise when you want to in business push through as well, you need that stamina. You do. It's yeah. it's breaking up on it. We're going to take a quick break, folks, and we'll be right back after this break. Thank you. And welcome back to a Business Eye. I just have someone quickly on the line, and that is Owen Lafferty from Dunleary Enterprise Ireland. Owen, are you there? Joe, hello. <coughs> hello. How are you? How are you keeping? Great. I'm very good, thank you. We're very excited about this event that we're, we're going to be running on the 5th. Yeah, tell the audience about this event. Uh, it's going to be on Saturday the 5th of October, where it is and what's it about? Yeah, so we, so I look after economics for the Leary Rathdown, and um, as part of a wider piece, um, I'm, on a, I'm on a panel where with, uh, it's basically Dublin Regional Enterprise strategy and uh, what it's about is trying to um, support entrepreneurism and enterprise and figuring out how we can do that in a kind of a in a strategic way um, so one of the things that I've noticed in my, in my career supporting entrepreneurs and being around people who support entrepreneurs is very little support for those people 
Um, so most people rely on their their existing, their you know, their, what they know. Um, so this event on the fifth of October in UCD, it's a Saturday, um, is um, being run by a gentleman called uh, Bill Orlis. So Bill is top of his game. He's internationally known as being a, a rock star in this space. What Bill has done, he's written a book. He's a very successful author. He's raised hundreds of millions of dollars to his own companies. And he has basically written a book called Disciplined Entrepreneurship. Um, and so that's all about, he's basically created 24 steps to creating a successful startup. So he, he's in MIT, a lot of you may know uh, Massachusetts Institute of Technology, which is famous for technology uh, and the technology spin-outs. So he's the, he's the managing director of the, uh, the, the Martin Trust Center for, for Entrepreneurship. So not only has he done it, but he's also he's surrounded by people who are doing it. So he's distilled all this knowledge into into a book um, called Disciplined Entrepreneurship, and we're very very lucky to get him over to, to Ireland, uh, to Dublin, to to support people who who are mentoring um, mentoring entrepreneurs in their journey. So it's uh, yeah. So that's you know it's the morning. It's up to it's from eight thirty in the morning till three thirty. I know it's a bit early on a Saturday. There's no rugby on, but um, if you are if you a dedicated support, entrepreneur. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's the other way of looking at it is that you're, no one's going to be asking, asking you on the phone. Maybe your family will be, but uh, you don't have to answer any work calls, hopefully. So. <laughs> where, can, where can people get the tickets on? So uh, the tickets are very reasonable. Um, it's, uh, they're 25 euros, and there's, we have a website, a dedicated website for, so it's, uh, it's called mentorsupport.ie, so M-E-N-T-O-R support.ie. Um, yeah, so we have we have we have a lot of people signed up already, and we have opened it up, Joe, to um, people who aren't solely mentoring, but entrepreneurs who are interested in understanding how to do this um, in a in a way that um, I guess in, in in Bill's own words, you know, it's about creating um, value by by focusing on on one market opportunity that you can dominate. Quantifying the unique value that you bring to the entire customer, designing your product and building your product in the most uh, efficient way possible. So, you know, and it goes on to overcoming co- common obstacles and getting your product adopted by customers and uh, identifying and testing key assumptions. But a lot of it is about, you know, the core uh, for, for, for this session is all about validation, really, Joe. And I have seen in, in, my, you know, in my experience, I've seen a lot of people who haven't validated their product. Uh, of the service properly. You're like a, you're, you're like a wise old owl owned, you know that? The last, you know what, that's as wide as the tree full of owls. Oh, look, we'll pop that up on this on the side as well during the week. It's going to be, I reckon it's going to be a great event um, and hopefully we'll see you there as well and uh, we'll just give the shout out where people can get the tickets again. So it's mentorsupport.ie Brand. Um, so, so Bill is Bill is world class. He advises uh, governments, state agencies around the world. We're very, very lucky to get him. So, um, yeah, don't don't miss the opportunity if you're in that space, an entrepreneur or a mentor. And the price in the tickets? It's twenty five euros. It's really just a, a nominal. Um, you know, just, we, you know, oftentimes people book and don't turn up. So we just want people to to, to do one. Brilliant. Uh, yeah, so we're here, of course. 
Um, and that's what we're We need to understand how many people are going to turn up on the day. So um, we'd love to see as, as many budding entrepreneurs and uh, experienced mentors. It doesn't matter how experienced you are as a mentor, you can always learn something new. And um, this will give you a framework to have conversations with clients that you may not be that comfortable having conversations with because of the level of the technology, etc. But this gives you a framework to allow you to have those uh, conversations and ultimately add value. Thanks, Owen. That's great. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. That's uh, Owen Lafferty on from Enterprise Ireland in Dunleary talking about a, an event that's coming up uh, for Enterprise Ireland. Talking about uh, events and networking. I believe the networking summit is on today. That's right. Do you do a lot of networking yourselves? Yeah. I, yeah. Was, I was at uh, Skillnet yesterday, uh, yesterday afternoon. I just thought, I haven't had, never been to this style of event before. So... Um, I thought I'd go and check it out, and uh, I didn't really know that many people. That, it, ironically enough, I knew three people in in the room out of three hundred. So uh, different audience from uh, the health executive to a lot of government bodies to lots of independent trainers and lots of different types of people. So it was it was good. I, that I always like to push myself out of my comfort zone, and that was a little bit out of my comfort zone. Plus, I went to the wrong hotel at first. There's uh, silly me, and then I had to uh, walk in there very sweaty. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, another thing, I ran an event a couple of weeks ago, and the people came in and went, "Hello, I'm here." And I went, "Oh, it's great to see you." And they shook their hands, gone diddly, and I was going, "I don't know who these are." <laughs> <laughs> and then 15 minutes into the event, I go, oh, "Sorry, we're at the wrong event." <laughs> I go, oh, "Okay." And I had uh, Josh McGuire, who was doing tickets at the door, and he's going, "Those people are dangerous. I don't have their names." And I just go, oh, "Well." I don't know and then they realised they were in the wrong room <laughs> about gardening or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually I, I, I could uh, vouch for, for Jason because I've actually I've actually seen your face at events and things like that so I knew whenever obviously you were coming on today I, I'd said I, I know that guy maybe we've we've talked before in the past Probably, but yeah. um, of course my past past in, in the past you never know I've, yeah. I've heard a lot about Justin as well but never met you so it's a pleasure to meet you today thank you pleasure all mine thank you here's the thing we all talk about networking, and for me, it's the human connection mm-hmm. and the talking mm-hmm. and all. But does networking bring in business, or is it just building your community? I, I think I think networking absolutely brings in business. Um, I'm actually a member of the the Dublin Network Group, and actually Simon is is part of it. And um, we do it at seven a.m. every Thursday morning, and the you know we built up connections and um, we liaise on clients and it, it's really building that trust as a business um, but we are currently working on on projects that we've we've I suppose gained through the Dublin network and through pe- members of the Dublin network again I think I, I feel like it's a lot about who you know and, and you know people need to trust you Mm-hmm. People need to trust you as a person. People need to trust your business. You know, and there's a lot of this is this is a customer that we worked with before, or you know, and and being able to vouch for people. And but I I do believe personally that that networking absolutely works. Um, again, you have to kind of you know you can't spend all day every day networking. You need to kind of section it in in terms of how to be proactive in in, in your day. But um, yeah, I don't know if the, if the, I guess you two um would agree with me on that. I- yeah, I think, look, I think it's an important part of, of any business. And I think, you know, 
the foundation of how you're going to operate is key. So knowing who your customers are and where your reach is going to be and how much time, as you rightly say, Claire, how much time you actually spend mm. on networking needs to be defined. But I think as, you know, I suppose in, in, in the current iteration of, of Justin Caffrey, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky that I just deal with people on a referral basis, but that's not to say that I don't network by not really moving outside of Greystone. So, you know, LinkedIn mm-hmm. and the ability to, to, to post videos allows us to do that. Um, so I think it's I think networking for different types of businesses will look and feel very different as yeah. to how they do it. And it's understanding what's best for you. Yeah, but is, is networking marketing? Or I, I don't it, think it is. I yeah, think, I think it's I think it's a, I think there's quite a subtle difference in the context of it because networking ultimately you want to use it as a way and means as you say, Claire, that people buy people. It's getting that level of trust and mm-hmm. understanding. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to market to them, but first of all, you need to bring them to your village yeah. and get them comfortable with who you are, and then there's an opportunity to sell. Yeah, but where, like myself, a lot of my clients would be outside Ireland, so I don't ever get a chance to network with them. Okay, but they would then see you know my videos or my posts and Mm -hmm. i would reach out to them and then get into having that conversation with them so as networking for me i've turned this show into networking so Mm. i've had a coffee which is Mm -hmm. i've and this is my networking i I don't i've i've got to the stage i don't like going into town anymore (laughs) do you know if someone asked me to meet up in town i'm kind of going can we do a video chat? <laughs> <laughs> it's quite. Yeah. No, yes. no. And 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 then on Fridays we'll 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 bring people in and get to know you and everything mm-hmm. as well. Where I, I don't know. I feel like sometimes I'm becoming a grumpy old man. Or you know, to commute into town. <laughs> the technology's there, isn't yeah. it? I mean, I'm the same. Probably ninety percent of my work is not in Ireland. Probably even more than that, to be honest. And. You can still build a relationship with people on on video conference. Um, you can, absolutely. You know, provided you're open, and, and I only work with people who I feel are going to be open to the forum too, but if everybody's engaged, the distance can be easily overcome. Mm-hmm. Talking about technology, like I remember the first time we did Skype video, and you'd have someone on, go, we're doing Skype, and they're all excited, and you click on something, they go, hello, and you go, hi. It really wouldn't here, isn't it? It was the delay. And, yeah, <laughs> it was yeah, the delay. Yeah. Or the, but now that the technology has just got really, really good. And Claire, with yourselves and your company that you work with, is it something that you use working in hardware and software and yeah. doing the networking for companies? Is it something that you see growing as part of the networking that people now are doing more video conferences or connecting online than offline? Absolutely. I mean, um, audio conferencing is is hugely important to to businesses. Um, You know, we we have clients primarily in Ireland, but also clients that are based across Europe and the UK, the USA. And again, they are heavily dependent on audio conferencing, audio visual tools. Um, I know with Microsoft, they're pushing Teams. And and we recently done an event actually over in the the Microsoft headquarters, just based on how people can kind of, I suppose, interact over um, audio conferencing. Um, I was I was recently in a meeting as well where you know somebody couldn't make the meeting stuck in traffic it was, it was one of these things where you can dial in from your mobile mm-hmm. you know you've got your laptop you can do you can do voice conferencing you can do video conferencing um, and it's really kind of you know if you've got the app 
you, you know it's really just dialing in and, and being able to obviously you need to train your staff how to use it and it, it, it's one of these things where people people need to get used to it but it's hugely important and obviously every industry is very heavily um, dependent on IT and that's, that's kind and of Is there more and more companies now going into the cloud? I remember when cloud came out and it was a big talk I was saying it earlier we were at a, um, a conference with Microsoft it was seven eight years ago mm-hmm. and at the time they said cloud computing is going to be worth five billion to to the to the country yeah mm-hmm. and everyone can all just is amazed and says we're using cloud like my gmail is cloud yeah you know yeah but it was the new buzzword is there more and more people having servers in the cloud or are they still holding their database sitting in their office as well so it's really a mix. Again, I'd say, to be honest, um, 85%, maybe of our clients, 80% would be hybrid cloud. So they would have the on-site server, the, the on-site backup, and then maybe cloud um, cloud backup then. Essentially cloud, you know, pe- people, I've been out to businesses before and they said, where is the cloud? We don't know where it is. It's essentially just the data center somewhere else, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and some people kind of go, oh, historically it was that thing of if I can't see it, you know, and I don't know where it is and I don't trust, trust it. We do, you know, we... Obviously, we're collaborating a lot with Microsoft. We're doing events. Um, Azure is, is huge at the moment, and and a lot of our, you know, um, I suppose cloud backups would be AWS, Azure, um, Viatel. Um, so, it's we're looking at virtual desktops at the moment. Obviously, Microsoft are yet to kind of announce their their data as to when they're doing that. Other companies have have actually um, kind of I suppose brought that brought that out, and we've been looking at that. But. Um, yeah, it's it's a thing of I suppose in ten years. I mean, IT is constantly moving and constantly changing, and that's why in EVAD, you know, we're constantly we we have our staff on training. If it's over in Microsoft, if it's with HP, Dell, whoever it is, we need to stay on top of where technology is moving because our customers are asking the questions. Mm-hmm. We have customers asking you and saying, we want to move to the cloud. And it's really that kind of question as to why do you want to move to the cloud? Um, yeah, in terms of, you know, it may be a thing in 10 years where, you know, your on-site server is, is really kind of, again, an historical p- uh, piece. But it's it's just keeping up to date and, and figuring out, again, it's tailored towards your Today industry. And, you know, how many people are in your industry? Is it, you know, is it cost effective for your Talking about industries, mm-hmm. Justin, you're like myself, self-employed. Everything that I'm sure you have and I have in our businesses in the cloud. The only thing that we have is a laptop yeah. that we switch yeah. on, and everything else is. is yeah. And I can recall when I was setting up my business and running. Like it used to be, you know, you'd be costing three grand a month to keep your business running, and now it's costing five hundred yeah. yeah. to keep it running. It's it's amazing. Like I'm, remember buying email automation systems. I think it was the first in the country that bought Infusionsoft. I don't know if any of you know yeah, Infusionsoft. Yeah, yeah, and I paid four and a half grand for that. And then the payments on that was mm. 200 a euros a month. Yeah. yeah. And now I, I don't, I no longer have it. I have another system called Active Campaign and it's 20, 20 dollars a month on yeah. it. So technology is moving faster. We all thought that we were going to get rid of paper, but I think we're using more paper now than ever before as well. <laughs> but it's 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 amazing how everything. All I have now is my laptop. I switch it on, and everything is there. And people say, "Have you got stuff backed up?" And I go, "Well, no, I do and I don't because most of my stuff is if not on my computer, it's in, in Dropbox or it's in email. Yeah, Would you be yeah. the same with that? Yeah, yeah, very much so. I mean, I think 
you know, I'm very passionate about an environmental perspective as to what we can do. And I think the more we can move to an internet cloud-based solutions, the less we rely on paper. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I probably work nearly everything from my phone. I mean, I, I have, I have therapy coaching sessions with people in Australia and, and it's on my phone. You know, I don't need to be with them. I don't need to see them. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, I write copious notes when I'm on a call with somebody, but then I just send them into a secure server. So I think, I think we've all moved to the point where we can be um, so little reliance on it. And I, and I remember buying a, um, a telephone recording system for um, an investment management business in the UK. We, pay, we paid £350,000 to have a compliant telephone recording system. And, like, now you probably buy that for, I don't know, you probably just you probably just lease it for 50 quid a month. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So it's yeah. extraordinary how little cost. And I think, but it's great. as a barrier of entry for those people who are thinking about getting out and run their own business. You know, if you work from home in your spare bedroom, you can run your business now with negligible amounts of cost you can you mm -hmm. can take bigger risks than 20 years ago definitely yeah i think it's if you have clarity is yes. is the key to it on it absolutely with yourself and now that you're in dublin we're going to take a break now in about 30 seconds but a lot of your business run on cloud on, on base uh, pretty much it's always run on cloud really so uh, everything's backed up on the cloud so um uh, phones use your phone mobile skype oh, yeah. whatever it's just so easy it really is easy. And I've been in the startup world for off and on for the last few years. And there's always something new coming up there that you can use and go, well, that's going to make my life a bit easier now, whatever that might be. I, you've just made me realize I run my business on my phone. Yeah. That's really what I do. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, and I think that's the beauty of coaching. Yeah. We, we can be in, in any place in the world. And if her phone is there, but the only problem is the batteries are crap. Yeah, yeah. they are. Yeah. I have about 20 battery packs lying around the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just Very constantly charging. Yes. Yeah. My, my battery is, uh, and my cigarette light has gone in the car. Oh, right. And I went to get a fix it. I was a fuse. And he says, oh, no, we have to take all this out and all this. It's just, uh, no, hang on, I'll buy a battery pack. We're going to take a quick break, folks, and we'll be right back. And welcome back, folks. We were just talking there uh, before the break about uh, companies and we were talking about, you know, um, technology, cloud-based. But there's one thing that I want to sort of jump back into, which is very important, and that is how people are operating on a day-to-day -day basis. And we talk about working environments and we're talking about happy working environments. We can talk about the stress that employees or employers, entrepreneurs may carry on a day-to-day -day basis. So I just want to just hop on and maybe just about a good working environment because, Claire, you were telling us on the break that you work in a very good working yeah. environment. And I, I know, and I know there are toxic environments out there. Mm -hmm. Give us your take on it. So uh, I suppose when, when I came up to Dublin and when I finished college, it was one thing that I always said to myself that I'd never get stuck in a job where I was unhappy or, you know, I hated uh, waking up to, to go to because um, as, I, as I spoke actually earlier with Jason, life is too short for that. And so one thing I, I suppose in EVAD, we have um, we have grown um, quite um, massively in the last kind of year. And it, it's like we're like one big family and we understand that things can get busy things you know things are tough the, the industry everybody's very busy and again you know it, it's hard working ethics and and having that kind of team that that work together we're in terms of how I would describe um evad as you know it, it's it's a 
I suppose an environment where you that you want to work in like every day I wake up and no no day is the same for me because again I'm out in the road but I love coming into the office I love the people I work with you know Dave started this business 15 years ago and, and he was this, um, one of the most senior engineers at the time in the country and I think what his vision for the company was to just have a good team that work hard and you can see it um, I can see it in the productivity the, our, our client bases how we work how we manage clients um, I think that if you had a toxic work environment you would not be as productive um, in a sense that you know how you work how you collaborate and, and how you you know if, if we need to pull together as a team we absolutely will if we need to talk to each other about anything we will we'll, how many, we'll advise how many people are employed uh, currently I think there is 33, 33 of us at the moment, yeah. Do you want to make that 37? Do you want to see that? You guys want to wait? I'll be there by Monday. Yeah. Yeah. What's, what's the Absolutely. pay grade? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's the prospect? Well, well, yeah. That'll be in five years. <laughs> but but it's, it's, it's interesting that you're talking about a happy environment yeah. because and there is toxic and one of the things that a lot of there is a lot of organizations and I've said this before that if there is a, someone who is toxic in an organization they could be affecting everyone else in that 100%. team mm-hmm. and sometimes you know if you get rid of that person it'll work better yeah. but there's also the other element where some of the most successful companies out there at the moment have toxic leaders we're talking mm, big yeah. large organizations yes. who are making millions and billions have toxic people and the question there is, okay, these are great, huge, big organizations. This person is running it. Mm-hmm. But would it even be better if they were removed? Because you get to a stage in life and in business where you can, you know where you are and then you hire other people that are better than you mm-hmm. to take the company on. Cool. So is that is that a philosophy that, okay, it's ego-driven, it's then causing fear and anxiety within an organization – so how, if, if there's someone out there and they're working and they're in a toxic environment, what would you recommend for it to change? Well, I think, Joe, to be honest, like having spent a lot of time with, so I do a lot of work with professional sports people and I do a lot of work with entrepreneurs and very senior CEOs and, and, and some of them would be senior in definitely some of the more um, global toxic businesses um, and that's always a challenge for an individual at a corporate level and stress and anxiety impacts these people the same way as it does you know somebody's working in a corner shop or somebody's working in an office environment we have this level of stress and anxiety and I think the toxicity in the context of a business is built up around the culture rather than the individuals now if you look at a, a business where there is a problem with toxicity and if you are feeling that it's impacting you my general advice is, can you change it and get out? Um, you know, the time before we used to say, stick with it, stay at it. The people who will drive businesses at the top level will stick at it and stay with it. And, and so much so that I can. I had a conversation this morning with a very, very senior, very successful person in a major global business who I coached three years ago. Um, and he has come to terms with the reality of what his business has been selling globally. And he's now spoken to me about setting up a social fund out of Dublin to help society. So I think success and people who drive forward know that they should never look right or left. They're always determined and focused and stay on the path. And that way you can be Donald Trump and keep moving forward, or you can be the Dalai Lama and keep moving forward. The problem is 
the yin and the yang of success, whether it's with toxicity or with you know a more open mind, doesn't change. If you keep the drive, you will keep getting there. Keep driving on. And mm-hmm. it works for good and bad people. Mm-hmm. Jason, how do you, as an entrepreneur, focus on your day-to-day basis of keeping that level of happiness? Well, that's always the challenge, is trying to keep your level of focus. When, when we all have dark moments from time to time, and it's looking at something that can snap you out of it. So when I'm having a, a, a tough moment, I get myself out of it. I go for a walk. I go for a run. I go out. I find green, greenery, trees, walking along. I'm lucky where I live. I can walk to a wood within five minutes. I can just sit sit out there and chill out and look around, close my eyes, whatever, and imagine how it is to be happy and take some deep breaths. I always find deep breathing, hold in for four, breathe out, uh, breathe out for four, or whatever it might be, and get yourself out of that environment and come back in. Uh, I know take when I've break. been extremely stressed before in the past, I'll, I'll do something to just change my state and get out of it doesn't always work but you just have to kind of keep yeah. challenging yourself to get out of that area and then come back in again something that i've learned and something that i've learned from my mum actually she's been a yoga teacher for many years and it's sort of changing your state it, it, it is it's you know living stop living in your head yeah, really absolutely. Yeah. so where can people find you or reach out to your company as well yeah, so um, th- we're EVAD IT Solutions, um, so you can get us on www.evad.ie. Again, um, LinkedIn, we're all on LinkedIn, the t- team are on LinkedIn, you can reach out to us there. We have you know, our support line, our, our sales line. Um, really, I, I suppose you can you know, you know can contact me. Again, I'm, uh, you'll find me on, on the LinkedIn, LinkedIn page for, well. for Business Eye, yeah. Um, I'm happy to talk to, to anybody that even if somebody has a question for me and, and just literally has you know, a couple of questions that they want to ask, you know, feel free to fire it on to me, yeah, yeah. Justin, yourself? Type in Justin Caffrey, C-A-F-F-R-E-Y, into Google and it's all there LinkedIn Instagram podcast somewhere in America called <laughs> Justin <laughs> the good thing about having a name like Justin Caffrey is that there isn't a whole lot of us around so Google finds me yeah. quite easily I'm, I'm actually if you put in Jason Cooper it's the drum of the cure so yes, you'll see yeah. that so you remember oh. that firstly but uh, where can people catch you uh, LinkedIn is my number one source. My website, I, I need updating. It, it's uh, what, I've, what I'm doing now to what I was doing then. It's slightly changed, but I'm Jason Cooper. Uh, I also working in collaboration with uh, a company called BrainTrust101.com. Um, very interesting company using knowledge neuroscience uh, about storytelling and story selling and understanding how the brain works. It works so, on as well. Yeah. that's it folks and another Friday is that for flying in that was really oh, yeah. really quick really, really, hour really, really sort of touching on a couple of subjects and you can catch myself Joe Dalton uh, .ie until next week have a super super weekend and hope we do great in the rugby until then <laughs> take care Yay. folks bye